The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, we began looking at the little shepherd boy, David, who faced the great giant Goliath. We began to see some of the characteristics of David and what set him apart from those warriors of Saul and indeed Saul himself, who stood there trembling in their armor as they faced the challenge of the giant every day. Today, we're going to continue to look at David and how this little shepherd boy with no armor and no sword ultimately prevailed over a giant who had been a man of war from his youth, and he did so by going before him with the power of the Lord on his side. Join us today as we conclude this message about facing your giants. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
see that David was not only committed in spite of these obstacles, he was courageous in the Lord. <laughs> Look at verse 36. Verse 36, David's telling Saul, after Saul's trying to discourage him, he says, Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. He didn't say, I'm going to do this. He didn't say, I did it. He said, God did it, and He's going to do it again. <laughs> Where does your courage lie? Ephesians 6 and verse 10 says, Be strong in the power of the Lord and the power of His might. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Not through my abilities, but through Christ. 
Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And you know, David never sang, he never said anything else different, did he? Even over in verse 45, at the end of all this, when he's facing the giant himself, he said, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom thou hast defied. David never sang any different tune. He stuck to that he was courageous in the Lord. And then he not only prepared himself, but I want you to notice he prepared his weapons. He prepared his weapons. Look at verse 38. Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he, he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. What that means is he couldn't go. He couldn't move. He had all this stuff on him, and he just wasn't able to go in that. He tried, and it didn't work. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. Notice, he continues here in verse 40. He took his staff in his hand, and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a scrip, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near the Philistines. Notice he used a sling, which was not a common weapon of warfare in that day. Saul tried to put his own armor on him, but David said, I can't go. I've not proved these. I don't know how to, how to use these. Now notice, notice this again. Saul, with all of his stature and all of his armor, was afraid to face the giant. <laughs> David, without any stature and without any armor, had courage in the Lord and was ready to go in the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 40, as we read here, so he used what he knew. You know, the rules don't change just because you're facing a giant. Sometimes we, we tend to panic and we tend to say, oh, I know what I've been taught. I know what I've grown up believing. But you know, wait a minute. Now I've got kids. And I just don't know if this Primitive Baptist Church is going to be good enough for them. I just don't know. There's no youth group. There's no here. The world is scaring me to death because there's, there's stuff out there. And oh, I'd, I better get them. To, you know how many times I've heard people say, oh, I'd come to your church. But we're just looking for the church with the best youth group. I want to say to you, child of God, we got the best youth group anywhere right here. <laughs> we got the best old group here anywhere, I'll tell you. <laughs> no, I'm not saying who's in that group either. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I'm telling you, we got the best group anywhere. And, and, the, and the, the rules don't change just because the giant is there. You go with what you know. <laughs> you go with what you use. You cannot, look, Saul could certainly have used those weapons that he had proved. Okay? if he'd had the courage of his convictions. But if you're a shepherd boy, you're better off with a sling and a stone than a sword and a shield. <laughs> Understand me this morning. If you're a shepherd boy, you're better off with a sling and a stone than a sword and a shield. You can't be somebody you're not. God will use you where you are. He prepared His weapons. And He prepared His vision. He prepared His vision. You know... I'm so bad to see the glass half empty. You know, that's one thing I'm talking about my brother, <laughs> talking about Tim. And, of course, don't any of you say I'm bragging on him here, all right? So you get the big head. But, uh, <laughs> but now he sees it as the glass half full, you see. He sees it that way. He's much more optimistic than I am. I tend to look at, oh, well, here's a problem with it there. There's another problem here. But see, instead of an invincible giant, David saw a golden opportunity. 
He saw a golden opportunity. Look at verse verse 25 and 26. The men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it, and it shall, Now listen to this. This is Saul's incentive plan right here. It shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. Notice what's going to happen. He's going to get a lot of money if he kills the giant. He's also going to get to marry the king's daughter. And then his father's house will not have to pay taxes anymore in Israel. They're going to be freed up from that burden. They'll be freed up in Israel. His father's house will be free in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? And they, they told him in verse 27 what it is. <laughs> David's... David saw a golden opportunity here. He didn't didn't see an invincible giant. This was the most mismatched battle ever fought, I believe. That's why we call things like that today, David and Goliath battles. David was a little guy. As we've said before, he was so insignificant to the family that his father didn't even call him to the meeting that Samuel had when he was looking for a king. And Goliath was a man of war from his youth. He was of Gath. And by the way, that's significant. If you go back to um, to Genesis and uh, you go back to Deuteronomy, or Numbers rather, where you read about the spies that went out in the land, it says they spied out the land and they saw the giants, the son of, sons of Anak there. And it named several cities where they were. And, and Joshua, uh, we're told, he slew most of the sons of Anak except in just a few cities. Ashdod was one and Gath, Gath was another. Gath was the hometown of Goliath. This was, he was an intimidating giant, no doubt. But David didn't see an intimidating giant. He saw a golden opportunity to demonstrate his faith and courage in the Lord. And then finally, David prepared his heart. He prepared his heart. He brought the courage of his convictions to the battle. Look at verse 11. Verse 11, we read that... Uh, after Saul, uh, Goliath first comes down and challenges the, the children of Israel, it says, When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. That word dismayed carries the connotation of, of falling down prostrate on the floor and, and of being broken. In verse um, uh, 24, in verse 24, it says, The men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him. And were sore afraid. They fled from him. For months. And we read that for 40 days this happened. For 40 days he came down. And he and, and for, for these 40 days, the army of Israel stood quaking in their boots as they daily faced this loud, obnoxious, defiant giant. Verse 32. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go out or will go and fight with this Philistine. This, he says, don't be afraid. I've got the courage to go out and fight this guy. And he brought the experience of his victories to the battle. Not only the courage of his convictions, but the experience of his victories. Verse 34, we've already read it. It says, Thy servant kept thy father's sheep, or his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb. I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of the mouth. 
of the, out of his mouth, and when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Verse 36, Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. He said, now David here is not living in the past, but he's looking to the past. This is a man after God's own heart. This is a man who had the courage of his convictions, and he brought the experience of his victories. What does it say over there in Romans chapter 5? I've always liked this, this, chat, this verse series of verses. Romans chapter 5. Let's look at that for just a minute. In verse 3, he says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Now notice what he's saying here. It's okay to look to your experience for encouragement for the future. He said, when you have tribulations, endure them with patience because it works. Your, it, work, it doesn't create patience. It works patience. You, it's like working out. Tribulation worketh patience. And if you endure with patience the tribulation at hand, it'll give you experience. And then when you have experience, you'll have hope the next time the tribulation comes around. You'll be able to look back and say, hey, you know what? I've had something like this before. And, I, and the Lord brought me through it. I was patient. The Lord brought me through it. I can do it again. He can deliver me once more. That's not living in the past. And you shouldn't live in the past, but that is looking to the past. And he brought the confidence of his faith to the battle. Verse 37. <laughs> David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, He will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And I like the next verse. Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with thee. Poor old Saul, who should have been right there with him, should have gone with him, should have gone in front of him. He said, all right, whatever, go, Lord be with you. You reckon Saul had any idea that this young man was going to win? <laughs> I think he thought, hey, your blood's on your head. Your blood's on your head. He said, go. And look at verse 45. Well, let's look at verse 41. When he came out before the Philistine, it says, The Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. He just dismissed him. He thought, who is this? He held him in contempt, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. He didn't look like much. He, he looked like very little, in fact. He said, Am I the, and the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. You know, that's the time when I'd have been thinking about running. <laughs> I'd say, Ooh, he's a lot bigger in person than he looked when I was standing up on the mountain, you know. <laughs> but look what David did. David had the confidence of his faith. Then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hands. <laughs> you know, I want to say this to you. 
this is the place where the rubber meets the road. This is the point where David better hope his faith is well placed. Because <laughs> he's been challenged by this giant. And he has turn, in turn brought the confidence of his faith and thrown the challenge right back into the giant's face. But in the end, we read in verse 48, It came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag, took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face on the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. In the end, God won with a teenager, a smooth stone, and a borrowed sword. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? (laughs) That's pretty impressive. You know what God says about that, though? What Paul rather says about that? 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 27, But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the things which are wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. I want to leave you with a few lessons here that I believe will help us in our daily walk. First of all, if you want to slay a giant, you've got to learn to shepherd sheep. You've got to be consistent in the daily grind. If you want to fight in the battle against a giant and be successful, you better be successful in the daily battle of being faithful to God. Secondly, as we've already seen, go with what you know. Go with what the Word of God teaches You don't have to put on the armaments of men. You don't have to borrow somebody's armor. John the Baptist, they came to John the Baptist and they said, Who are you? And he said, They said, Are you you the one that's promised? Are you this prophet? Are you that prophet? He said, I'm John. I'm John. That's who I am. I'm nobody else. I'm just me. That's who I am. You can't be anybody but you. Go with what you know. The other thing is this. Another lesson is you must confront your problems. You must confront your giants. Notice what it said back in verse 8 of this chapter. It says when Goliath is down there challenging them, at the end of that verse he says, Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. Come down to me. Notice in verse 25, in verse 25 in the very first part of this verse, the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that has come up? So remember, they're, in a, they're on both sides of a, the mountains uh, uh, facing each other in a valley in between. And the giant is down in the valley uh, to start with. But by the time David gets there, he's coming up toward them on the other side. And this is the point. The giants in your life will not stand still. They will not stand still. You must confront them. Saul didn't confront his giants. And the giant continued to advance. Another lesson that we must remember is this. It was in the valley that David confronted the giant. I don't think I've ever had a giant to fight on a mountaintop. When things are going well for me, spiritually, when we're having annual meetings and we're having times like this where we're together, I'm not fighting a giant right now. Okay, My giants will come tomorrow. My giants will come next week. My giants will come when I'm in the valley. But it's in when we're in the valley that we must remember the mountaintop. Finally, as we've said already, look to the past, but don't live in it. I've used this example before, but I love it. (laughs) I love it. Verse 54. 
David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. Why did he do that? I don't know all the reasons, but I got a suspicion that one of them was that when David was having a bad day, when he was facing other giants in his life, he was struggling with Saul, he was struggling with uh, the loss of his friend Jonathan, he could go back into his tent and he might be weeping, he might be miserable, he might be down, but he could look over there and say, hey, I remember a day when I slew a giant in the power of God. I remember a day when God blessed me to do that. Young folks in this church, there may be a time, a generation from now, maybe a couple of generations from now, when, when, when things aren't as vibrant and exciting as they have been for us right here. There may be times of famine in Israel, famine in Zion, famine in Bethlehem. Don't go to Moab. Don't forget about Don't get down at Remember times like this. Brother Dalton is about to leave us. He's going to be gone for uh, several weeks, and, 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 I, and I'm certain he's not going to find this kind of fellowship where he's going. <laughs> and so there will be times when he gets down and out, but he needs to remember today. Remember these times when we've been so close and so in fellowship and in the Spirit of God. Remember that. And the final thing is this. In the end... It doesn't matter how small you are or how big your enemy is. What matters is that God is going with you. In Psalm chapter 3, as we close, he says, Lord, how they are increased that trouble me. Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. My glory and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. Now listen to this. I laid me down and slept. I await, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For thou hast smitten all my enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. May the Lord bless us to have victory over the giants in our lives. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.